Hello, friends, and welcome. You're listening to Unscripted Sex Ed, the podcast, where we talk about navigating sexuality as a young adult. From figuring out answers to the questions we've had since middle school and high school to exploring the narratives that have shaped American beliefs and values about how we experience our bodies, relationships, gender, and pleasure, we're your hosts, Courtney. And Mallory. We're good friends and sexuality educators diving into these conversations. So pull up a chair, get comfy, and let's dive in. Well, hello. Hello. How are we today? We are doing all right. How are you? Not too bad. Can't complain, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Not that I want to complain yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, I think, yeah, I'm just excited. Like, to have this chat tonight. Yeah. Because I think this is the last, last episode was a little heavy. We, and we have mm-hmm. tackled some heavier topics lately. Even with our wonderful grace and humor around such subjects, they have just been heavier. So tonight, yeah. a little different. And I'm, I'm excited for that. I am too. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, yeah. It seems fun as you. So I was saying, you just couldn't think of any other words besides everything you just said. Yeah. I'm ready for it. I'm ready to dive on in. So we are going to kind of circle back. We're having a moment here. Our second episode was Birth Control Journeys, where we both shared our personal stories. And tonight is kind of a part two. We are. Yeah. So it's a little less formal, I think, than some of the other podcasts and things we've done. And it's more just of a chat and story time. Since we are yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, the full circle moment of season one. Here it is. Yeah. So, Mallory, can you recap for us real quick where we left off? Yeah. So if I'm remembering correctly, because time is weird, I had just come off new ring. No longer any hormones in my body. Not for making baby purposes. Just (laughs) what does my body do? What is the norm? How are systems going? And that's kind of where we were, just beginning the stages, mm-hmm. I believe, like the first month of coming off of Newbering. So we are now on month five. Wow. Yeah, I think we're wrapping up month five. Oh, um, yeah. No more hormonal birth control. Okay. And how's that going? Huh. This is where, like, the fun comes in with how different our experiences are. So for people who are on either side of the spectrum here are really going to appreciate it. Yeah, we have completely opposite experiences thus far. So buckle up. Yeah, so mine is super short and sweet this time. I have nothing. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean you have nothing? I have nothing. It's like... (laughs) No fluid is leaving my body that resembles a period. Like, okay. nothing is happening. I am getting acne again. Like, not acne, but, like, mm-hmm. pimples and, like, certain pimples that I had on the times, like, when I didn't use hormonal birth control and things like that, where I was like, right. oh, you bitch. Right, because you were on and off. Yeah, but, like, you don't realize how great your skin can look when you're on hormonal birth control for 12 years. Mm-hmm. And then you go off and you're like, man, I thought I got my skin routine down. And here we are. Just the It's just the more metals. Yeah. So that's been fun to try out. 
um, and figure out. And just, yeah. Any other changes? Like um, mood? Because I know we, we yeah on that last time. So that one's hard because the world is still on fire and some other fires are happening. It's like it's um, through some gasoline on that warm fire. Yeah. They say in them flames. Yeah, we're now a sun. We're not Earth. We are sun. <laughs> Big ball of gas. I don't know. I don't know because I've just been tired because of other things happening in my life. Not, yeah. not pregnant people. That's not what this tiredness is. That is not happening yet at the moment. Um, just like like that, that spot where you're at and you're like, is it this? Is it this? Is this my new normal? Like that mm-hmm. type of thing. I'm also like holding off on seeing a doctor, which Courtney and I have talked about this before, because I am also trying not to be at my current job. Great. <laughs> yeah, potentially in between jobs shortly. Yeah. So. yeah. Health insurance and that whole nightmare of a system. Yeah. And for people who are listening who are outside the United States, we do not have universal health care. So if you are not having health care through an employer or you are looking to change jobs, your health insurance can change and your providers can change or go away or who you can actually see within your network, yep. which essentially means that you get the better price or like your insurance will actually cover anything that happens for you can also change. So I've just been kind of waiting for some other life things. Yeah, just trying to do my own little research, which is I'm not a doctor, people. I did not go to school to be a doctor. So please take what I am doing for myself with like like the teeny tiniest grain of salt. But it's also the reality for a lot of Americans. Oh, yeah. Health insurance dictates when... Where and how you seek care. Yes. Wow, that rhymed. Go me. You know, you're so amazing, Courtney. Yeah. I'm also working an hour away from where I live. So while my current job says that they have flexibility with, you know, going to doctor's appointments and things like that, it's different for me to do that flexibility when it's an hour commute to them. Right. And then like, working in having to drive at a different time and uh, I have I have a health campus mm-hmm. 20 minutes from where I live so like that's not the issue it's just the whole work thing but my partner and I have both been doing research for me just because he's amazing and <laughs> such a researcher type of person so he also has a public health background yes um, does. yeah that's a whole special skill set skill set oh yeah that he has and like that's an amazing support Mm-hmm. So he's been doing his stuff. And then I got a book, The Fifth Vital Sign, um, which I have been digging through, which I have heard from a lot of different people is like a great kind of starting place or like if you're coming off hormonal birth control, kind of how that mm-hmm. works and coming to the conclusion that it's not like three months after you come off hormonal birth control, <laughs> depending on like which method you choose. But it could be yeah. like six months to 18 months how long right. it takes. And that, no, yeah, depending on the method, depending mm-hmm. on the hormones levels, right? Because the pill, there are 81,000 combinations of the pill. There are different combinations of hormones, different dosages, and that's all gonna, it's all going, and how long? How long mm-hmm. have these synthetic hormones been in your system are all oh going gosh. to play a part yeah. 
and a factor in what coming off of it looks like. And it's so varied. Mm -hmm. Nobody tells you. Mm -hmm. Nobody tells you anything. Like Mm -hmm. when I was teaching, no longer where I am, but at my previous job, I had a young lady who had come out, had stopped doing the Depo Vera shots, often referred to as the shot. And she had stopped doing them like six months and she was Mm -hmm. still concerned. And she's like, hey, similar, like I don't, I've never gotten my period back. What's going on? Am I ever going to get one? Mm -hmm. Like really could be anxiety inducing. And like, I felt really bad because I was like, well, from the brief Google search from the Dedicated trusted men with close sources that I know. I'm going to say it might be time to go check in with a doctor and talk about this more in depth. But they do let you fly blind. They just oh. let you go. Yeah. And then like realizing that like hearing horror stories of people explaining to doctors who are not trained or not aware of how hormonal birth control literally stops the reproductive system like that's that's what it does like it puts everything on hold yep and like doctors not knowing that but still being like well i mean you could give it another month or two again not my experience just what i've heard or we could put you back on birth control it's like but i got off of this because i don't want to be on it right so the focus has been trying not to get into my head that it could be something else mm-hmm. which I, if anybody has help for how to do, do that, that that would be wonderful <laughs> there's probably like every other week just like a breakdown and like beer big tears and crying and just sobbing and being like if it's more like if it's pcos or if it's this mm-hmm. or this or like what if X, Y, and Z. Great. Yeah. But like the sources I've seen have been very much like you have to get your hormones back to homeostasis in the way. And mm-hmm. like apparently hormonal birth control can really mess with your gut. And the gut really takes care of a lot of different things. So And your thyroid. Which and your thyroid contributes to so many like other just oh basic God. functions happening in your body. I know. And I have a family history of low-acting thyroids. Mm. So I'm like, oh my God, I've already taken thyroid tests in the past. People are like, no, 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 you're fine. It's within the range. I'm like, well, the range is stupid. It is. It's not a very good measure. No. If you want more accurate or like certainly Mm -hmm. more in-depth tests that are going to be more sensitive and give you Mm -hmm. closer results, you have to specifically ask for them. Right. But again, you have to know that you have to ask for them. Right. But then you're also like, well, okay, is this actually going to be covered under my insurance or am I going to get a bill for $500 plus some for whatever isn't covered? Because, yeah. right, it's not under like, oh my gosh, what are the categories? Like general lab work or like some yeah. bullshit thing. So anyway, all in all, I'm having a really fun time. Please hear the sarcasm of trying to figure out what the fuck my body is doing and if anybody (laughs) has been is in the same boat i feel you i hear you you're not alone please reach out to you know swap tips (laughs) right we're open to hearing what yeah doing and what's working yeah and i'll drop the book that i've mentioned in our show notes but so far I've only picked and I was going to say picked and choosed, but that's not right. I only picked certain chapters to read. 
<laughs> that's that's the grammar I'll use about like what's working and what's not and then like got overwhelmed and just wanted to be whelmed so I put it to the side yeah but that's where I'm at because it's very overwhelming yeah it's <laughs> gonna work out it is it will it is it is we're gonna we're gonna get there everything yep we'll get there my timeline for that is so flexible but just hoping that you know Wishing for a little bit more support would have been, particularly from the medical community, would have been I know. really appreciated. Because, like, if I knew this, like, if I knew this was a potential, yeah. I mean, I probably would have ignored it because, you know, that's what teenagers do and just want to do your own thing. But I probably would have gotten to a spot where I'm like, oh, you know what? I like to know. Right. I want to know. I want to know. So yep. I'm not going to do that because I want to know. But anyway, Courtney, would you like to share your, I was going to say amazing time, but it hasn't, it's been a while it's time. Been a time. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Where do you want to start? I think we'll kind of just pick up on what you just said of like wanting to know. So recap, I came off with breast control a month before Mather he did. So also like super appreciative to have somebody who is going through this journey at the same time, even though we're having completely different and exact opposite experiences. Yeah, it's, but just to have somebody who's also going through it, like Mm -hmm. uh, super appreciative of that. But yeah, I, I did come off about six months ago because I decided that I just wanted to know what my body was going to do. I wanted to know what normal was again. I was feeling quite detached, particularly from my reproductive cycle. And I went on my my first birth control method, which was the pill, when I was 18, partly to try and regulate, which is not something that birth control actually does, but that's what I was told to try and regulate my periods and things and then I, I hadn't had one in like four months and then I went on to my doctor's like oh maybe PCOS which is polycystic ovarian syndrome you check all the boxes but we're not actually going to test you we're just going to throw you on birth control good luck kid because that is also a very common experience particularly among young women in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and I also did it because I had I'd been sexually assaulted at that point as well. And so there was just also mental disconnection and depersonalization. It's been years since then, done a lot of work, done a lot of healing, a lot of therapy, and had reconnected to my body in other ways. And was like, this seemed like the missing piece. So, and also my IUD was up. It was just time for it to get removed because it had been in past its expiration dates. So I decided, I was like, well, yes, it needs to get removed for safety reasons. Um, and it's going to stop working here pretty soon anyway. And I just don't want it in. So we're just not going to replace it with a form of breath control. Mm-hmm. And I was very fortunate. I am very fortunate that I have an OBGYN here that I very much love. love. I really love working with her. And she's been great throughout this process. And when I told her that, she was like, yep, yeah, sure. Cool. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. And I also brought up at that time, like, okay, well, like 10 years ago, somebody once mentioned that I might have PCOS and absolutely nothing happened after that. So I want to figure out what, what is that all about? And of course, because let's just throw it out there and be like, it's fine. Forget about it. <laughs> yeah. It's, no birth control. it's just going to take care of itself, which is exactly the information I got mm-hmm. originally. So my OB trend was like, cool, 
not, not a problem. Let's wait three months and then do testing three months from now. Because particularly with a hormonal IUD and progesterone only methods, cysts can grow and then they usually shrink and disappear on their own once you come off. So that three-month window period, she was like, I don't want to test because I think we could get some false positives. So let's just schedule this out. I was like, all right, cool. So, so much sense there. Right. And I was like, you know, three months is really not that long. So I was like, yeah, sure. And she was like, yeah, in that time, particularly with having had a hormonal IUD, I just like your timeline should be probably between one and three months that you can expect a period to come back. She's like, and if it doesn't, give us a call. Right. And we'll sit down and we will look at the PCOS tests and then we might look at some other stuff based on what happens in this three months. So I had like a three month contingency plan, which I think led me, gave me a lot of comfort and peace of mind of like, all right, cool. I have a three month contingency plan. Right. Like, as I think any contingency plan does for somebody, especially when you were told 10 years ago that. You have PCOS that, well, you know, there's this thing. We just found out about it. We're going to slap on birth control for you and go on your way. And now it's like, well, I was told this. And like having your doctor like actually listening to you and hearing what you're saying and validating your choices, not the choices that they think is right. Yes, and completely accepting it at face value of like, yeah, I want to come off because I just want to know what what my body feels like. And she was like, that's not, it is a completely valid reason. Let's just put that out there. That's a completely valid mm-hmm. reason. It's usually not accepted as a completely valid reason. There are lots of stories out there of people who have been completely dismissed by medical professionals. And I'm so sorry if that was your experience because... Yeah, their reasoning is completely valid to just come off to figure things out. Yeah. So then six weeks into this journey of new birth control, I got a surprise. October was a time for me. We were actually sort of starting to record this in October mm-hmm. and telling these stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so because I had been on uh, birth control for so long and the IED, Marina, particularly, you don't get periods or period symptoms necessarily and so like I for seven years would randomly spot and knowing that like when my idea was expiring I was just going to take it out and I knew that's what I wanted to do for like a year ahead of time so I was trying to track things and trying to just figure mm-hmm. out like mm-hmm. when and I had a couple things kind of nailed down like mid-month I was like there's something happening I don't know if this is ovulation or what would be ovulation I don't know if this would be a period, but I know something's happening mid-month. And then something end of month, right at the maybe like first, second day of the next month, something else would be happening. And I was like, ah, again, I don't know. And I was like, could totally be having two periods a month and my hormones are really, really fucked up. Totally. Potentially. Potentially. Because it wasn't like, there were just other symptoms, but there was no fluid. There was nothing to like definitively track, which made it really hard. Right? I get off the IUD. It's six weeks later, and I'm not paying attention to this anymore for whatever reason. My brain did not register that I should actually be paying attention. And I'm an avid hiker. I love to go hiking, and I got caught in the middle of the woods 
about four miles in, scrambling up and down this ravine, being like, oh, shit. Also, four miles is like a small hike for Courtney. Like when we mean that, like when she says she's an avid hiker, we're talking like 10 miles in like a day and she's just chilling out in nature, like doing her thing. Four miles was a short, short hike for her. I was, they were, we, this whole trek ended up being six and a half. So we were still, I mean, we're four, mile four, we were still deep, still deep yeah. in that woods, right? And it just, it's like I got up the hill, up this ravine, and my stomach, my intestines, they're all feeling all what type of way. And then like, I don't know how much of this is like the hike. And exhaustion, and like, I really gotta pee. Do what you do. You wander off the trail. You're not supposed to, but like, you gotta go. You gotta go. Find a good tree. But what you do? You too much of that to do, man. Go find a good tree. So I did and wiped. I take provisions with me, right? Not an animal. It was like, oh my gosh, it's here. And so, right, I signed out for the first time. In like 10 years that I'm going, like having a period or period like symptoms, I'm bleeding in the middle of the in the middle of the woods, two and a half miles from anything. Uh, but at this point, I didn't know quite how far in or like, I wasn't sure how far I had to go to get out. So did the best I could, stuffed some tissues and walked and went for the next two miles and oh, the chasing. That was the worst part. Oh, the chasing. That and like just my own embarrassment of feeling like this is my first period again and being so unprepared. I was so mad at myself. Like back to middle school. (laughs) Yes. Years of like, what do I do? Oh, absolutely. It was a complete panic moment. I was like, ah. And then like praying that nobody came up like behind me because I was like, I don't know what the situation is. I don't know if there's a giant spot. I'm also sweating profusely. Like, I don't even know. I'm a hot mess. You know, away fluids are what fluids? No, no. What fluids are showing? Yes. (laughs) So, look, I'm getting towards the edge of the park. And there's a public restroom and I go in and it's fine. And I'm like, all right, we can make it home. So that was experience one in October but a fun one like wow <laughs> what a like full circle moment even there like a great reintroduction into how oh, your body works thrown right into the water you know yeah. and it turned um, out that I was ovulating and spotting like that's what it turned out it was not a full-blown period I was like what okay all right buddy right and I didn't again did not know at this point that this was just kind of this weird ovulation spotting thing and then my body was preparing to have a full-blown and then some period. So two weeks later, when I do get my full period, it comes in the first day and I'm like, oh, all right, Ava, not a big deal. I had some stuff, but like regular super tampons and like whatever pads, like whatever. I think he was honestly what was left over from 10 years ago. Not going to lie. Stuff I just kind of held on to in case I spotted a little bit heavier. Well, good thing you held on to it. Yes. So I had some stuff. So 
Because also, having just had that experience in the woods, I was like, must be prepared. But I was not prepared for what was happening. They decided that 10 years being suppressed, they were going to come back and give me a piece of their mind. And within the first 24 hours, I ended up meeting, calling my OBGYN, saying, oh my gosh, I am soaking through pads and like super plus tampons every hour, which if you are that heavy, if you're soaking through that much, you should call a doctor um, or go to an ER, which was, because that amount of bleeding is not normal and could like, and depending on other hormone levels and things, could lead to hemorrhaging, which is exactly what they told me. And they told me, get yourself to an ER. And so luckily my husband was home and he took me to the ER and that was quite alarming. I won't lie. I was pretty freaked out, like five minutes. Um, Like, oh my gosh. Just because I was, again, not expecting to be told I have to go to the ER. And they were like, well, that much blood loss. You may need transfusions. We may need to give you more blood. We have no idea where your iron levels are. You could become anemic. You, you need to get to the OR or ER. And that's that's why they tell you to go because you may actually need blood. Right. But those are like some extreme things to say over the phone. Right. And very casually. Right. Hey, thanks for calling. But right. I could be dying. Kind of what I was expecting was like, oh, yeah, let's get you in for a visit later today, like with your normal OBGYN. Like that's what I was kind of anticipating. And that was not what happened. That was not the advice I was given. So I, I did go to the ER. And I'll tell you, it's a very different experience because they're not prepared to handle gynecological issues. Like mm. ER docs are, that's not their thing. That's not their specialty, right? And a 28-year-old female bleeding profusely is odd. And this ear doc just was so uncomfortable. Well, you're also bleeding profusely from your vagina and like your arm because it got cut off in a saw or something. That's normal for them. Right. (laughs) Yeah. There there were two very different things. And so they made me go pee in a cup so they could do a pregnancy test because they're going to run it anyway. Regardless of what you say, they're going to run it anyway. Right. But I'm just thinking if you're bleeding profusely from your vagina and you have to pee in a cup. Yeah. 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 It was really bloody. But right. friend was like, are you? Like, he saw the nurse with the cup. He's like, are you? Oh, my God. And I was like, this is why we're here. Right. If you're not experiencing it, it's hard to wrap your brain around. Particularly, I think, if you're, you've, you're not experienced, you haven't had one ever. So, right. But I also remember they were like, hey. Any chance you can be pregnant? I was like, no, no chance. I was like, maybe I shouldn't have answered that quite so confidently because I just came off birth control. I feel like that's the worst when you're like, no, 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 like definitely not. And then they let you sit there basically in silence. And then you're like, oh, wait, wait, shoot. <laughs> so yeah, they left me sitting there and I was like, I Maybe shouldn't have answered that with quite so much confidence. I was like, no, definitely not. No chance in hell. It turns out not pre- I was not pregnant, so I was, in fact, correct. But Oh, okay, there we go. So it was a moment of doubt on my end being like, yeah, I'm not on birth control anymore. I can't quite see that. Had some tests done and stuff and luckily did not need blood. 
did not, it did not come to drastic measures. Going to the ER was drastic enough. Being poked and prodded, having ultrasounds, internal and external when you're bleeding profusely is also not fun. Like that was the doc. He, he ended up calling my OBGYN and was like, what do I do with her? And so my OBGYN. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's like, I don't know. He was so far out of his element. He was so uncomfortable. Yeah. And that left many things to be desired. But the thoughts. Oh, yeah. But yeah. No. So my OBGYN, luckily, was called back and was like, hey, you know, this is the med. Prescribe it and we'll follow up. So went home, had continued to have heavy, heavy bleeding and was on this med for five days until I stopped. Complete opposite of Mallory, who's like, I got nothing to, like, I needed to go to the ER and be hospitalized for a day. Like I said earlier, whichever end of the spectrum you are on. <laughs> and if you're in between, good for you. Good. Great. Yeah. I'm so glad that it has not been a harrowing experience one way or the other. <laughs> and so since then, right, all, all of my periods, it's been getting better. It's a little bit lighter, a little bit more of a natural, normal flow, which was one of the things that my OBGYN said could happen. It could just take a couple of months to re-regulate itself. Mm -hmm. And I continue to have these meds filled for me every month and have them just in case. Right. So it's been longer than three months. So I did actually also go get tested for PCOS, which is blood work and an ultrasound. And turns out I do not have PCOS. I, she can't officially diagnose because you need three things. You need three criteria of ovarian cysts, hormonal hormones that's the normal range and something else. I forget the third. Yeah, there is something else and I can't remember either. Yeah. But like, so I was not diagnosed officially with PCOS. Some of my hormones were a little bit outside of the range. And this was kind of the rub because I was like, okay, so what do we do? And she's like, oh, well, we can keep doing what we're doing. Or you can go back on first control. And I was like, what, why? Why is that the only mm -hmm. other option that we're given? But I was like, well, no. Decided to come off for a reason. We're, we're still just figuring out what normal is and looks like six months in no i'm not ready or willing to go back because mm -hmm. like isn't this part of the process when going back on it kind of negate everything we've just done and everything we've just been through right that's where we are we're one month at a time getting back to i think i think it's also coming back to me i was like oh yeah no i remember it being this way when I was a teenager, I remember this pattern like throughout the cycle days and what, when are you heaviest? When do you start? What kind of other symptoms are common for you and to what degree? Mm -hmm. It's all just managing, like watching patterns emerge. But I think we're getting there. We're ho I'm hopeful. I would hunt a little bit yeah. better. So I'm hoping we're going to level off here pretty soon. But yeah, very different experience mm -hmm. from Mallory. As we tend to do, you know, which is our... Yeah, which is such a great pairing because you have very different perspectives. Who knew we would be so opposite? <laughs> right. Because I remember talking to you when we were both making this decision to go off for the control. We were like, all right, we'll see. Who knows? But very much... Both of us were kind of thinking we were going to be similar tracks. Yeah. Like, we expected, like, there was one way that this was going to go. Just saying. <laughs> so <laughs> clearly did not happen. <laughs> like, what you would expect to happen. But, like, yeah. what the hell? I know. Right? And, I mean, it's also, like, not uncommon for 
people who go off birth control to then not have a regular period for it to be kind of spotty and jumping around Mm -hmm. and that there doesn't seem to be a flow or a pattern for quite a while yeah like there's all there's multiple ways this could go this is never explained to you so sorry bodies are weird well yeah and everybody's gonna do something different yep this is part two yeah that is where we're at this is where we're at right now and yeah we'll keep you updated i don't know when part three will come but at some point we'll do a part three and just see if Things have mellowed out, kind of both come up with patterns Mm -hmm. uh, several months out from now. Yeah, because who knows, right? I think that's the lesson here for both of us. Who knows? Yes. Well, all right, friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. And we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next time.